In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 41st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We wanted to wait for this edition until we heard from General Manager Thomas Dimitrov and Head Coach Dan Quinn at the end of the year press conference, uh, which was delayed today by the inclement weather. The Falcons went down 15-10 to in the divisional round against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now they're setting their sights on the next season. We're going to discuss the five things we learned. We're going to hear from DQ and TD first. The five things we're going to discuss are Sarkeesian, Matt Ryan's contract, Vic Beasley moving back to defensive end, the quarterback coaching search, the free agency situation, and then we're going to close with Ricardo Allen uh, discussing the offseason for us. Now we uh, have a lot of ground to cover, but here in the offseason we're going to be here for you every Wednesday morning, next week from the Senior Bowl, the week after that from the Super Bowl, and then we'll do special edition episodes as the off-season news requires. But let's get started here this morning with a word from DQ and Thomas Dimitrov. We'll get rolling today. Uh, as we're sitting here as a team, uh, we're still bumped. And uh, I'm glad that we're pissed because it tells me where our expectations are uh, as a team and as a fan base. Um, I'm still disappointed we're not sitting here talking about, uh, you know, on a Thursday, the NFC Championship game. But what makes me feel better um, is knowing that the team has now created a base camp over the last three years where we don't have to start at the bottom of the mountain and we can go take our shot at the summit every year. So, um, And I know you guys know um, through my time this year I'm not in favor of comparisons to past teams, but today I'm making an exception because uh, when people ask or I hear and, uh, why hasn't this offense you know, achieved at the historic level uh, that we were you know, expecting, uh, now that this season is over, I think it's a fair question. Uh, I'll hit you on a few major differences and similarities uh, between the two years. Uh, first, we'll go to turnover margin. And uh, in 2016, we were plus 11 uh, with the football. And in 2017, we were minus 2 at the end of the year. And what that is, that's 7 more turnovers offensively and about 6 fewer takeaways defensively. Uh, total yards, there were some similarities. You know, we've been second uh, in 16, eight this year. Third down, we actually improved going from 11th up to first. Uh, explosive plays, we were from first to third. Uh, pass attempts, 534 to 529. That's in the same fashion from our style. Run game, we averaged the same amount, 26, both in 16 and 17. And pass protection from a sack standpoint, we actually improved quite a bit going from 37 sacks to 24 which was third. But man, where we lacked, uh, which defined us, was our big plays uh, that scored. And 
when you go back to look and you study it all, um, in 16, I believe we had 19 uh, explosive plays that were outside the red zone that scored. That's a lot. And uh, that was at the top. And this year, we only had seven. And we took our shots on big plays. Some not every play that a long throw down the field, but I thought that was a real factor. Uh, the second thing is our red zone issues. That slipped. We ended up finished ninth, I believe, in 16 and went all the way down into the 20s, maybe 23 or somewhere in that spot this year. Through for 23 TDs, through for 15 this year. Those two things, guys, that's a big difference. And uh, that's why I wanted today to be able to give you some comparisons on some things because I've never really one that's looking to go, but I felt today uh, you had a right to that question. So I thought the lack of explosive plays that scored, uh, along with some struggles in the red zone, combine that with the turnover margin, and I think that's where you'll find the scoring went down. I know a number of you have already studied. A lot of the first and second down things, that'll feel real familiar. The run game, a lot of that will feel real familiar. The runners were over four. Those things I think you'll see are comparable. So... There you go. That was Coach Dan Quinn breaking down some things for us with his opening statement. You can go to our Falcon News uh, Now page, and uh, we Facebook Live the rest of the press conference there. And so it's up if you want to see the entire press conference from that point on where he discusses – he goes into a, uh, an impassionate defense of his offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian. So let's move on to Sark. Uh, you know, I wrote my, my opinion after the game, and I felt the offense was a dumpster fire all season long. Just never got rolling. Uh, you know, the points scored went, went down drastically uh, from first in the league to 15th. And then the other major drop was in the red zone where they went from 8th to 23rd in the bottom half of the league. You can't be in the bottom bottom half of the league in any 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 major category and expect to be going anywhere in the playoffs and that played itself out for the Falcons now uh just want to point your attention to this great YouTube video out there by Brett Coleman, a kid from Fullerton, California. He's the SB Nation's Battle Red blog, and he goes into great detail on how, in his uh, video called The Film Room, Episode 63, how the Falcons ruined their own game plan against the Eagles. And, uh, you know, he just couldn't find any rhyme or reason to the play calling and the how the Falcons did not attack the Eagles' defense. And, uh, you know, we saw that all season. He he wasn't studying them all season, but for this game, he does a fabulous breakdown for you. I'll try to get that link inside of the uh, digital copy of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast on myajc.com. So you can go re- listen to that and uh, see some of the issues that Sarkeesian was facing, doing some things that might work in college, but in the NFL, when a team shows a weakness, uh, that you should pick up from studying film, then you have to attack it. Uh, and too many times we saw the Falcons trying to be too cute and outsmart folks when the simple football play would have worked for them. Uh, but Coach Quinn is going to stay with Sarkeesian. He's their guy, and uh, he's going to get another year here. And, uh, you know, hopefully he grows a lot in how he wants to attack NFL's defenses. It was his first year in the league since 2005. And, uh, you know, he, he uh, oh, man, Matt Ryan looked pretty average. He, he had some weapons, didn't know how to use them. Uh, hopefully uh, they get that squared away. Coach Quinn said he's going to um, 
study everything and every play over the offseason, and uh, hopefully he can make a jump to his year two, much like Kyle Shanahan did. But Kyle had been in that offense since he was a kid, and we'll just see where it's going. Coach Quinn made it pretty clear he's staying with Sarkeesian, and uh, I guess Falcon fans now just got to give him a hug and say, hey, get out there and do the best you can next year. Another item to come out of the press conference yesterday was the announcement, which we knew was coming, that uh, Matt Ryan will be, uh, his contract is going to be uh, the number one offseason priority. Uh, the Matt Stafford contract was big. Derek Carr was big. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins over the offseason. And um, it actually is going to help the Falcon salary cap out if they could lower his number by spreading the money out over years. Maybe they can get that number down to 10 million uh, you know with this type of contract it's 19 now that'll give them some room uh, I'm projecting about 18 million right now and salary cap space uh, could get a little bit higher they could get up into the 30s uh, you know they could cut some players too and get up there so uh, you know they're not going to be a major player in free agency not like uh, the teams that have over a hundred million and some that have over eighty million, but uh, and that's going to be a factor. But Matt Ryan's the number one priority for the Falcons this offseason. After the press conference, I talked to Coach Quinn briefly. Uh, talked to Thomas Dimitrov one on one for uh, a story on the offseason. We'll be sharing with you here in the coming days but coach Quinn told me um you know for my position by position analysis uh we're you know which is uh out on the website right now myjc.com for the offense we'll do the defense and special teams next week but uh he said Vic Beasley's going back to defensive end he played six games at linebacker was out for two uh saw his production slip from 15.5 to five sacks but coach Quinn said they needed that for the team they had to to play him there this year that was the best thing for the team certainly Vic took a hit uh on his sacks and so forth but now that puts the uh put the spotlight back on Duke Riley who they tried to start early and uh, missed tackles then hurt his knee and then couldn't get back in there and they had to move Campbell to weak side and then had to use Vic at strong side and and uh uh I, he didn't. He was invisible at that position. So they're going to put him back on the line. I think uh, you know him and Tack will be. Um, you know that's what they envisioned when they drafted Tack, and and now they may be able to get to that uh, this year. This upcoming year. So then, uh, fourth, quarterback coach search. You know, Bush Hamden went to the University of Washington to be their offensive coordinator. It's my understanding after talking to Coach Quinn, he's already talked to Judd Fish, Greg Knapp. And uh, Bevel and Dorsey should be in here uh, over the weekend or today, Friday. Uh, Daryl Bevel, the former Seattle uh, coordinator and Ken Dorsey, the former quarterback coach up in Carolina, who was the former Miami Hurricanes coach, uh, quarterback, and um, it was a fine collegiate player, not so much in the pros, but uh, at one time was thought to be one of the up-and-coming coaches in the league, and he's still just 36. So uh, out of this group, I'm voting for Knapp. He's uh, 54. He's an older guy. He'd be a offensive coordinator who's seen a lot more than these other guys and done a lot more 
Uh, it would be good help for Sarkeesian. Uh, Greg Knapp has uh, been in this outside zone system. Coach with Alex Gibbs was here with Mora. I know some people didn't like uh, the offense, but he did a great job considering his quarterback didn't study the playbook and took him to the championship game. And he's one of the greatest, great guys in the league. Bevel's the uh, coordinator in, in Seattle when they decided to throw the ball on the one in uh, Super Bowl 49 or X. Lix Super Bowl and uh, uh, with Marshawn Lynch sitting there, so I don't, I don't. He's another finesse short yards guy, which you know, um, I think they got to go power. Fish, he uh, up and coming guy. He uh, you know was a coordinator in Jacksonville. Had Blake Borders early on. Got in trouble for trying to force feed him instead of you know just breaking stuff off for him to to work on and, and slow feed him. Him and Gus Bradley fought down there, and then of course you know Dorsey had Cam Newton for five years up there, um, and him and Mike Shula I thought did a great job uh, with getting stuff for Cam to play in, but. Uh, uh, they didn't develop him. He's still running too much, and eventually uh, Coach Rivera uh, got tired of that. It's not going to be good for Cam, not going to be good for the Panthers, and so they went in another direction up there. Fifth, free agency. We tried to get some answers on Don Terry Poe and Adrian Claiborne. Um, I believe they can get more money elsewhere. I think they have a better chance of getting Adrian Claiborne back. Uh, there's a lot of teams out there with with uh, a lot of money for Poe. And uh, the Falcons, um, I don't know if they want to pay him what his market value is. Uh, according to one of the uh, websites, Sport Track, his uh, value is at $10.3 million a year. I think it's higher. I think Cleveland or uh, the Jets or Colts or one of these teams, San Francisco, with a whole lot of money can can certainly uh, top the Falcons' offer. So he's going to be that's going to be one to monitor. I do believe they'll work out a deal with Matt Bryant, although uh, you know he didn't tell me that directly. The 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 information uh, and the talks were you know kind of headed in that direction that they'll try to get something done with Matt Bryant so he can come back. At age 43, uh, no reason for him not to, just because he, uh, uh, you know, he had his best year last year, as his wife Melissa pointed out on Twitter. So, uh, Poe, Claiborne, and uh, I know one free agent who's not coming back, and that's Taylor Gabriel. He um, he was one of the, the people that Coach Quinn was indirectly talking about, those long touchdowns. He only had one last year, one of 40. The year before, he had six of, you know, 76 yards, uh, 64, 47, 35, 25, and he had a nine-yard touchdown. He couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. He didn't fight, and... Uh, you can probably see him out in San Francisco next year. So uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel went from 11 plays of 19 yards or more to four and only one touchdown or those long touchdowns that Coach Quinn was talking about uh, in his opening statement. So here for the um, 41st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, <laughs> we're going to close with Ricardo Allen. He he discusses the offseason and how the Falcons will fight anybody about their defense. 
That's Ricardo Allen saying, hey, we're going to be one of the best defenses in the league. We'll fight anybody. So, yeah, that was great. The defense did improve drastically. 27 to 8th in points, 25th to 9th in overall yardage, uh, 17th to 9th in rushing, uh, 28th to 12th in passing yards. Uh, you know, the takeaways were down. They were minus 2, went down to 19th. Uh, they were plus 11 the year before, which was 4th. Uh, the turnovers, takeaways, and improved. Uh, pass defense uh, next year, then you got a top 10 crew. Uh, you know, Trufant kind of got a little shaky there down the stretch, but uh, I'm sure they can get that back together. So with that, we'd like to close here from the 44th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We'd like to thank you for subscribing during the season and staying with us here during the off season. You can expect a once a week Wednesday morning podcast from us here uh, unless we have some breaking news with free agency, which will be coming up here after the Senior Bowl next week. Then we have the Super Bowl, uh, and then uh, you know we'll have the Combine in late February. Uh, March will start the uh, beginning of the business season, free agency, and uh, we'll just keep you updated here before we get to mini camps, training camps, and OTAs, and all that good stuff. Thank you for listening. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with the 41st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Stay warm and have a great weekend. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.